Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. I'm so glad that you have joined me today. We are going to dive into a very exciting uh, adventure called the Promised Land Journey. You may say, what is that? Um, it's a land that is flowing with milk and honey, according to Exodus chapter 3, verse 6 through 8. It is a land flowing, not a scarcity, not a poverty, but it is a place of prosperity where Almighty God wants to take each and every one of us. And, uh, you know, we can see the wealth of the world and how they, they live. You know, they live very opulently. Some live in palaces. Uh, they're in Forbes magazine as the billionaires of the year. They're very astute. They have trophies and awards and they have, uh, they have invented many things for society at large to use and to benefit from. Um, and they are wealthy. There is no doubt about it. But Christians, when we come into Christ from the world, uh, we have taken our refuge and our hope from Almighty God. We no longer live in the world where it's all about what I can do, what I can do, what I can achieve. I, I, I. It's when we come into Christ, as Paul said, I no longer live, but the life I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. So when we come into the promised land, it's a place that it's a promise that God has given us amongst many, many other promises in Scripture. You know, Christianity is a kingdom where Christ rules and uh, the Father, the Holy Ghost, and the Trinity and the angelic realm surround the Christian as they go about doing life with God and under God's authority. And it's a promise. It's a, it's a promise of destiny for Christians that will, uh, obey God. It's all about knowing God and obeying God and receiving from God because we are a happy people that have departed, uh, the world in the perversion and the destruction of this, the city of Egypt, as the Bible calls it. The world is Egypt, and we have been brought out of that underneath the, the lead of Egypt, which is Satan. And now we've come into Christ and surrendered all to God. You know that song, I surrender all? Well, God gets you there. And if you want to belong to God and to be free, you need to surrender all. You need to give your life at the cross, not just your sins, but you need to give your life to God and say, God, I am tired of trying to do things my way. My way doesn't work. I need to know the way, the truth in the life. And so when you come in into Christianity, God will give you many, many covenants of promise. Uh, it's a place of common wealth, and it's a place of covenant promises. And the thing about God is when God gives you something, it is everlasting. And it can only be taken away by you uh, forfeiting uh, your gift from God over to your flesh or the devil. So in order to keep what God gives you in the kingdom, you must keep your life right underneath God and resist the devil. Amen. So Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. The Lord is speaking to you. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, 
not of chaos and anxiety, but of peace and not of evil, not of evil, but of good, see, to give you an expected end. So when you come into Christ, you're beginning a journey uh, through earth and on into the celestial city. Heaven is the name of that place where you will live with Jesus forever. You know, Jesus has gone and he has prepared a place for those that will be his disciples, his students, his family. And when we continue in the word of God, we are his disciples, we are his family, and we do have God and God is amongst us on the earth. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost and the angelic uh, beings. And they rejoice over us because we're people in the world that have said yes to God. I choose you and no to the devil. I do not choose you. Amen. And they make that choice on a daily basis because choices and options come our way as we travel through this place called earth. And one of the places, the great places that God wants to take all of us into is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. You may be in poverty right now and say, I'll never have anything. You may have been divorced and abandoned and thrown away by your husband and your family has turned their back on you because you're always asking for help, right? And so they no longer want to answer their phone. They no longer want to get your text. And they've even told you, don't ever call back here again. But God wants you to know that they are not your source. He is their source. And God also wants you to know that nobody on earth would have anything unless God gave it to them. But you say, oh, but I've worked hard for my money. You know, I've worked and I put in all these hours and I say, yes, but if God didn't give you the job, the brain and the strength to do it in the transportation to work, you wouldn't be able to have what you have. See, we wouldn't even have the breath in our, in our lungs, if God didn't give it to us, we wouldn't be able to see our surroundings. We wouldn't be able to think. We wouldn't be able to walk. We would be able to pick up our children and carry them off to school. Everything we have is, is, is from God on the earth, whether you acknowledge him or not. But one of the most exciting things I think about is when God sees our affliction, he actually sees the afflictions that we go through. He, he saw your afflictions when you were in the world. And that's why he's brought you to the cross and said, listen, Freddie, listen, Alice, we need to let go of the sin, right? And say goodbye to the devil and the evil kingdom and come on in inside of my kingdom and let me protect you. Let me be your God. Let me be your shelter. Let me be your refuge. Let me be your life, your health, your wealth, your totality. Let me be everything because everything you need for life is in me, says God. I am Jehovah. I am the self-existing one and everyone exists through me. Because I, through me, I give all there is to life and godliness. See, so everything, everything we need is in God. It's a win-win situation when you come into Christ. He sees our affliction in Egypt, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction, the misery, the poverty, the ruin, the decay, the, the abandonment, the abuse, the sorrow, the lack, the problems. I have seen your problems, says the Lord. And I want to bring you out of your problems, says the Lord. And I want to give you a good life. So come to me today. And for any of you out there that haven't made the great exchange uh, from the devil to Christ, 
Let's make it now. Say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name and I surrender my life to you. I surrender all to you, Father. I realize that I have been created for you and I've been created through you and by you. And I, I, I realize that my life is this short on the earth and, and then it's gone and I want to home in heaven when I depart this land. And I thank you for being with me. I thank you for being in me. And I thank you for taking me on a great journey. And I thank you that I arrive in my promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey, a land of blessing, a land of health, a land of wealth, a land of friends and family and purpose and sanity and intelligence, a land where I get up in the morning and throw back the curtains and say, thank you, Lord, for another glorious day. Amen. That's what God wants to do for you. And he can give you all things. That is who he is as he gathers us from Egypt as stated in Exodus chapter three, verse beginning in verse nine, it says, now, therefore, behold, the city of the children of Israel is come unto me. The cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherein the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou may bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt you know, God has set up many people in his church. He has called people to work for him. They are apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and uh, pastors. And we all have our own set of fishing rods to bring you out of your pain, to bring you out of misery, to bring you out of abandonment and loss. And maybe you were divorced and mangled and crushed and, and you lost every single thing you had as you walked out of the courtroom, once again, a loser. And you walk, watch them walk out of the courtroom winning. But God can take you right where you are and he can start to build you little by little day by day, step by step, just take his hand and let him bring you out of, out of your misery, out of Egypt, out of sin, out of addiction, out of confusion, out of chaos, out of alcoholism, and let him bring you into his kingdom and into your promised land. This is who God is because we are no longer affiliated with Egypt. Egypt is the world and the devil and the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. You know, we can see Egypt as we walk around our city streets. We can see them uh, driving their, their Rolls Royces. We can see them pulling up in their fur coats and, and yet another big uh, $1.4 billion carat ring on their hand as they walk around lewdly and pridefully upon the earth as if they were never going to leave and face the, the Almighty God. And then we can see the people in the churches lifting up their hands and singing to the one that is their all in all as they love and they worship the one true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, your God, the only God. And they, they wait as they surrender all to him, and they wait for him for their provision, for their health, for all the promises he has promised us, because their life is hid with him in God on this earth. And the life we now live, we live by faith. We believe God. We believe God. We believe that he's going to give us the beautiful promised land. We believe he's going to give us the health we're waiting for. We believe in all of his promises, and we have been set free from the system of the world and the God of this world. Lucifer is his name. 
and all of his captives run to and fro the earth and their father is the devil. We know that the leader of the uh, Egypt is the devil as stated in second Corinthians uh, chapter four, beginning in verse one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel is hid, it is hid. It is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world, the devil has blinded their minds against God. The devil wants to keep everybody in bondage and God wants to set you free. As you open up the bread of life and you pray to him, he will be there to set you free. And you don't have to belong to the devil anymore. You can belong to Christ because Christ wants to give you life more abundantly. John 10, 10, I have came to give you life and life more abundantly. Life is not death. They do not equal life crushes death. And it did on the cross 2000 years ago. So whatever's dead in your life doesn't have to be dead anymore. You can speak to it and say, I call you to life in Jesus name because Jesus is life and life has crushed the head of death. And Lucifer is his name because we know Lucifer comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus stands on top of Satan's head and crushes it. And he speaks life over your life today. Receive that in Jesus name. Receive that. We are a people that uh, people that hold on to the world and they refuse to let go of the devil. They refuse to let go of the system of the world. They know that the saints, the holy ones of the God of Israel are inside of the kingdom, meaning that spiritual location that we exist in underneath God's throne and underneath his dominion, his authority, his protection, his love, his security, his protection, his provision, his, his health, his life, his wealth, his everything, his plans, his purposes, his breath, his oxygen, our hearts beat because he's inside of us and he's on the outside of us watching us. He knows every hair on our head, every single hair. He has counted them. Okay, we do no longer serve a God that wants to kill us named the devil. He is named in the Bible, the God of this world. We no longer have any part of him because we as Christians know that to be a friend of the world, to be a lover of Lucifer and to follow in his rebellion against God is in James 4, 4 is to be an enemy, an enemy of God. And it's no fun to be an enemy of God because God will destroy his adversary. Okay, so we don't want to stay there. We don't want to stay there. We want to receive life more abundantly from Christ. John 10, 10 every single day. And, you know, it's it's wonderful. We can receive every good thing from God. Isaiah chapter one, beginning in verse 19. If we are willing and obedient before God, we will eat the good of the land, says the Lord. Do you see? So that's the ticket. What's the ticket to the promised land? How do I get to the promised land? Okay. Well, come into Christ, come into Christ, surrender all to Christ, get washed in the blood, pick up the book, get filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, join a Bible study fellowship, join a local church, become a Christian. 
clean out your house of iniquity and let God take you on this great, amazing adventure into your destiny, your purpose, and your place on the earth and into your promised land. So we know the first step toward the promised land is repentance. Amen. We just talked about that. Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning in verse 13 reads, If I shut up heaven, this is God speaking, if I shut up heaven, who shuts up heaven? God does. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. Do you see? It's amazing. Even today with what's going on in our nation and around the earth, the coronavirus. So what should we do? What should we do? We should pray and we should turn from our wicked ways and do what is right so that our land will be healed by the Most High God. Amen? That's secure for the coronavirus. So we don't need to be running around worried about whether or not we're going to get it and die. We need to get right with God and let him heal the land and take care of us and protect us as we journey through this earth. Amen. That's the key to be free from plagues and pestilences sent by the Most High God to wake up the earth and to mortality and to get right with him so that he can keep you forever and take you into your promised land on earth and into eternal life the day that you depart the planet. The second step to receiving the promised land is by receiving the blood of Jesus over our sins as discussed. We can't stay in sin and expect God to bring us into a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey where there's prosperity and there's homes and houses and lands and vineyards and your home is full of possessions and you have more than enough to help others and bring them out of sin and up in righteousness to inherit all in Christ on earth and into glory. Do you see? That's the promised land. The promised land isn't where, oh my goodness, I can't pay my bills again. Oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? I can't pay these bills. I can't pay these creditors. They're calling night and day. I got an eviction on my front door. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then off to the bar you go, off to the drugs you go, off to the counselors you go, and you run in circles. You pace at night. You're up all night. You're having a nervous breakdown. Now they rush you off and Baker Act you and put you behind the bars as you are filled with drugs and it gets worse and worse and worse. See, all you have to do is stop right now. Stop and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth and I need to get right with you. I ask you to wash away my sins in the blood of the Lamb. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your books so that I can renew my mind and have the mind of Christ instead of the mind of Bilal, the mind of the devil. And I know that you will lead me and guide me every step of the way into my promised land and out of this hell that I have come out. And I guarantee you he will bring you out as he has brought me out. He is no respecter of persons. And he has the same protocol for all of us that we would depart iniquity and perfect righteousness and let him direct our lives and follow the captain of our salvation. To, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the captain of the salvation of those that know him and obey him. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9. So we need to follow the Son of God, his instruction, his, his orders, his way, and receive what he has promised. 
Amen. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be locked up. You don't have to live without. You don't have to live on the bottom. You were created to be the head. But in order to be the head, as he wants you to be the head and not the tail, he wants you to be above and not beneath. He wants you to be the lender and not the borrower. He wants you to have wealth, not poverty. He wants you to have health and not sickness. He wants you to restore your youth and not have see decay. He wants you to have the mind of Christ, not the mind of the world. He wants you to be his. He wants you to receive heaven and not eternal fire. This is the great I am. His name, as he has spoken, is I am that I am. And he still is the I am, the present God, the everlasting God, the most high God, the one that rules existence. He's pure and holy and intelligent and altogether real. He is real God. If you haven't gotten that book of mine, Real God, check it out today on www.realaron.org. It's a great story about my my time with God and my encounter back in 2001. So we know that Jesus has remitted our sins and then we need to, we need to surrender. We need to surrender. I surrender all. We need to surrender to God being in charge of our life. You know, when the Lord first came and they were showing me different things, everybody was putting their hands to their ears and they were lifting up their hands and they kept doing this. And I was so, I didn't know what that meant because I didn't take time to do what God has commanded all of us to do. And that is to read the word of God on a daily basis so that we can inherit all. That is the key to, to inheriting all in Christ is to read the word of God on a daily basis and do what he says. And uh, what that meant was God was telling me it's time to surrender, give up and lift up. Give up your life and lift up your life to me and let me be Lord so that you make it in life. Because I kept driving my own car and I kept driving it into the ditch. And I would get out of the ditch and I would drive along and end back up into the ditch because I didn't do things God's way. And we want to make sure that we surrender everything to Christ. You know, Christ even looked at his disciples in Luke uh, chapter 6, beginning in 46. He says, why do you call me Lord? And you don't do the things I say. And God is asking us that today. Why do you call me Lord and not do what I tell you to? Right? Lord means boss. You know, what is Lord means? It means he's the boss. I've surrendered all to the boss, but I still try to call the shots. Right? And I'm not listening to the boss and I'm driving my car on a daily basis right into the ditch. And I've never made it to the promised land like I see others have made it. But they've made it because they obeyed the Most High God and followed His directions for their life on a daily basis, right? That's why they are where they are. It wasn't by their might. It wasn't by their strength. It wasn't by their intelligence. It was by their obedience that they made it into the promised land. By, and God gives us the promised land. That's how we make it into the promised land, by our obedience. So Jesus is asking all of us, if you call me Lord which I am, then you need to obey me, right? And let me be in charge of your life. And we need to stop calling the shots and telling God what we think he should do. I know we're all good at it, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I can be very good at making plans and then giving them to God and saying, you know, this is the way I think this should go. And he doesn't say anything. And he always brings me around to reality and says, Anne, I'm God. My thoughts are much higher than your thoughts. 
my plans are much broader than your plans. I don't want to demean your level of intelligence, but I am much smarter, to make a long story short, than you. Like when he appeared to Job, he said, stand up and brace yourself like a man if you can. Who made the clouds? Who made the rain? Who made the storms and the lightning? Who made every insect on earth? And he goes on and on and on to describe his creation. He said, come on, Job. You have to admit, I am God and you are not. I know more than you. Trust me. Amen. So when we surrender to God, we fall on our knees and say, I give up. I give up my life and I surrender all to you today, Jesus. And I make you the Lord, the boss of my life. Please tell me what to do and lead me every single day. Do you see? And you will make it in life and you will make it beautifully into the promised land. You will go through a process of events over seasons of time in order to enter into your promised land. You know, we can see where God released the, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt along with others that joined them from Egypt. And there was a crowd of about two and a half million people that God brought to the Red Sea with Moses and set up life in, in, in new life underneath God where Jesus was Lord. Okay, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They were Lord. They were boss. They were the captains. And Moses was underneath them getting the orders and, and doing what they said on a daily basis. But what is so sad is out of that group of two, two and a, almost two and a half million people, there were only two that made it into the promised land. Why? Why only two out of two and a half million people? The answer is simple obedience. Only two fully obeyed God. The others did not. So they did not inherit. God is a God that looks at your obedience. He doesn't look at how well you can play the guitar or if your singing notes are reaching a certain level, or he doesn't really look at how many albums you've sold or where your number is on the billboard charts. He doesn't look at your closet and say it's perfectly aligned and, and, and you, you're, you're in need of nothing. He doesn't look at all your degrees that you have achieved on this earth. He doesn't even look at all your charities that you sit on the board of. He doesn't look at your position on the earth. He looks at your obedience. Yeah, but God knows my heart. Yes, he knows your seat of passions and emotions. That's the heart. But he knows your obedience. See, we can have, we can have a pure heart and wrong actions. That was me. I had a pure heart. I wanted to do what was right. I wanted to know what God would say, but I was doing all the wrong things. And my life was in jeopardy as God took me out of this dimension, just boom. And I was gone into eternal, into the place underneath the earth called hell. As I, as I was taken on a tour around the place and God warned me if I didn't leave my life of sin as a Christian, I would not enter into glory, but I would be lowered into hell where he, all the people that do iniquity on the earth go, right? So there is the, the ticket to receiving good from God is obedience. It's not how smart you are, how pretty you are, how many clothes you have, how many uh, how many events are on your calendar or how many attend your church. It doesn't matter how talented you are or how wealthy you are, or even how poor you are. It does, doesn't matter if you have uh, red hair, uh, black hair, gray hair, or no hair. 
What matters is your obedience to God. Well, how do I know what to do, right? Like my situation, I wanted to do right, but I didn't know what was right. And that was because I lacked obeying God and reading the word every day. Okay. And that's what he brought back to me when he came. The Lord gave me the word of God on a daily basis. He said, eat and live, eat and live and do and believe. It's been 19 years now. And so it's the only way down the road with the word of God. His name is Jesus. Revelation 19. We want to know the son of God. And we say, Jesus, I want to know you. And he says, do you know my word? Because I am my word. I am the word of God. Read, eat, believe, do, and keep. Amen. And apologize when you need to. But the number one key to, to walking with Christ is knowing the word and obedience and repentance. Amen. So number one, uh, we're going to go through many, many different dimensions when we go and we're traveling as and we're taking our journey into the promised land because God will download. He will download a vision in front of you for your life. Uh, the purpose of your life, he will download where he's going to place you in life. You know, he will give you a download of the aim you're going to go. Just like if I was an NBA basketball player and I was dribbling that ball down, down the middle of the, the uh, court, I could see the hoop and I could throw it in and I could make it because I saw where it needed to go. So God is going to give you where you're going and then you're going to walk it out with God and you're going to arrive one day into your promised land. One day you're going to arrive into your purpose as he's forming and shaping you all the way out of here. We, number one, we are God's workmanship. Ephesians 2.10. For we, his people, are his workmanship. What does that mean? We are his workmanship. That means that he has made you. He has formed you. He has fashioned you. He's the potter. We're the clay. Sometimes he takes that and he, he molds it so hard we scream, right? Or he places it in the, in the furnace, the fiery furnace, so that it can get tough and understand him, okay? So that he can break the chains that of the world and the fears you have, okay? He'll take you way out in the middle of the ocean where all you see is him and you're sitting there looking at him and him alone. And, you, and your whole life... Is literally gone but him okay and then he'll take you to bring him to others because he wants you free and he, we are his work as example if you're a woman out there and you have made a beautiful blanket and you have taken all these different pieces and sewn them together very carefully and you can stand back when you're done as you're wrapping it up to send it away maybe to your grandmother for a gift you can say this is my work this, this blanket, this masterpiece is my workmanship for you, right? And so when God looks at you, he's worked on you all of, all of your life. I think of the work he's pulled, you know, poured into my life. Bless his soul, right? But he is the one that makes us. I remember years ago, uh, it's been uh, 19 years ago. He stood in my cottage as a, and he stood there looking at an 85 pound beaten woman that had become an alcoholic and a drug addict. Okay. in in adultery. And he looked at me and he said, I'm going to make you a preacher. Okay. Here it is 19 years later. And, and I have been preaching through the years before this, but for he made me, 
there's no way that a man would have walked in and looked at me in my condition, my past, what I was in, my current condition, and my status of knowledge of the word. They would have never picked me. But see, God chooses you. God chooses all of us to know him. He chooses all of us to be transformed into his image. And I just looked at him and I felt really sad for him because I knew that he had a major, major project on his hand, not just a little project as many are, you know, I was a huge project for God. I, to be quite frankly, it's miraculous is what it is. But you know, when you (laughs) surrender to God and you know, the rules of life, stay out of sin, right? And walk with God, then you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And if you understand why to stay out of sin, that if you die in sin, you'll perish. You're not going back to sin. And if you go into sin and think God's going to wink at it and he skins your hind and for another two years, you do without something as he says, have you learned your lesson? Okay, now I'm going to give it back to you. Don't do it again because next time I'll double the problem or even multiply it and you'll be without maybe instead of two years, let's, let's multiply it by three. Now it's six. Okay, because he is your father and he loves you. Good night. Riala Ron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Riala Ron today at www.riellaron.org.